one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring indie and small press authors with host Eva Pulova. As we keep rocking this futuristic year 2022, we're going to have a blast. Today, I will be chatting with author Sylvia Hubbard about her book, The Trouble with Gabrielle. Sylvia will announce the details of her book giveaway at the end of the interview. Sylvia Hubbard is an award-winning Detroit author and founder of Motown Writers Network. She has independently published over 55 romance suspense books in over 20 years. She has had eight bestsellers. Sylvia is an avid blogger, podcaster, social media manager, digital strategist, speaker, literary encouragement doula, and a busy mompreneur. Welcome, Sylvia. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Emma. <laughs> Love your energy. You're known as Michigan's literary diva and cliffhanger queen. Yes. How do you do yes. it? Give us your <laughs> magical recipe. <laughs> I don't know if it's magic. <laughs> Stress, but... So, um, actually, it was the Detroit City Council who nominated me Michigan uh, Literary Diva because I had done, you know, a lot of work in the literary and literacy community for different organizations uh, where I'm helping writers get to their literary goals and then connecting readers to Michigan authors, you know, so I had been like all over Michigan and everything and they gave me like a small award, you know, a citizens award. So it was really an honor to be, it's great to be honored by your city, by your state for the work that you do, you know, for something that you love that I I think that's what the wonderful part about it was. it, It was just something that, I already love to do. So when they honored me, it was like, oh my God, this is just great. Okay. (laughs) And and my readers, yeah, my readers called me the cliffhanger queen is because Uh like I, I've always written stories on my website and um, they would come and read these stories in the mornings because that's when I would post like real early in the morning. So they'd be at work or they'd be driving or doing errands and they're trying to read and and then I'd leave it as a cliffhanger to be like a soap opera because I wanted you to come back the next day. So, you know, she'd be hearing creepy noise and then the door suddenly open. Let's wait till tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and then the, they'll be like, oh, my God. And, and it'd be like, oh, my God. So the readers kind of dubbed me the cliffhanger queen because I would write these serial episodes on my website. And now I've moved over to Amazon where we can put them up there. So it's been I was already doing it way before even Amazon started or even these other companies were doing it. And I just decided, hey, let me expand my platform and see how I can you know, make even more money off of this. So it was always a a monetary thing. And then I love writing. So that would give me a chance. And the readers love being able to give me feedback, like immediately while they're in the story and stuff. So that's always fun as well. (laughs) You're having fun doing this, but it is fun being an author. It is. It is great. It's, I've always enjoyed it um, since the beginning, even before I was, you know, I had published works. Um, I've always loved being like a scribe or a storyteller and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's just 
fun and then but then when you get paid for having fun it's that just makes it even better (laughs) and now i would like to quote you you said i'm no superwoman i'm just being an asset in the world instead of a liability that's a beautiful quote yeah and it's true i think we all should you know be you know be helpful to other human beings or be helpful to our world around us you know they always say leave leave something better wherever you go leave something better and I think we should take that philosophy in with people with where we go with things that we do uh, things that we experience you know in all parts of our lives It's, it's just make it better no matter what And you're a prolific author. You've published more than 50 books. That means that you've been writing at a rate of 2.5 books a year over the last 20 years? Or how do you do it? (laughs) I have no idea. You know, it's kind of like people who, I always used to wonder how smokers are able to smoke. Like, what is it, like 25 or 30 cigarettes a day? And I'm like, how it's it's seven to eight minutes to smoke one cigarette. And I'm like, how do you find the time to squeeze that in every day? And I think for me, writing is like that. It's like, you know, my my addiction that, you know, I just squeeze that little bit of time in every day, you know, and it's a thousand words here, two thousand here. I, sometimes I don't even realize like it when especially when I handwrite. I don't even realize like, you know, I've written close to like 5,000 words and don't even realize that I do it. And until like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta now type all this stuff in. (laughs) You don't have a specific writing routine, daily writing routine, you just- I I actually don't, I just get it. I get in where I can fit in because I was a single mom um, when I first started this journey. So there is, it's a it's your child's routine it's the house routine you get in where you fit in you know you're like <laughs> if you get five minutes here or takes uh eight minutes for water to boil you know it's, you start thinking about all that little time you're waiting on things or you know hey okay as soon as the kids wake up you know I got about 10 more minutes let me write here so I yeah I, and I'm still even though they're grown and gone I'm still like that. I just find these little hours or day or or minutes just to sit down and and do something. My husband was like, we were watching a movie and I took my my writing pad out. I started writing, but I was watching the movie at the same time. And he's like, how are you writing? <laughs> how are you looking at the screen? But writing. And I'm like, I'm not using that part of my brain. I might as well just, you know. <laughs> I got to get this scene. (laughs) See? I just can't help myself. Right. So I'm just like, okay, I can, I can watch the TV, pay attention to the movie, but also I can go in the little corner of my brain and like, okay, let me just get through this scene before I go to bed tonight. But I still want to watch the movie because he's like, well, we can stop the movie so you can go work. No, no reason to do all that. Let me just, I'm just going through this, you know, it's like, just let's watch the movie. So it's, yeah, you just figure things out, especially as a mom, you know, and, and trying to get some kind of peace in your world. You're just like, okay, I can, I can do this. And a lot of people say, well, 
it's called is multitasking, but I really don't think it's multitasking, especially for mothers. It's it's kind of like you know playing the violin. You're you're mm-hmm. holding the instrument, tuning the notes, and then with the other hand just stringing. Yeah. Yes. But you're not you're you're doing your own symphony. It's a symphony, and only you know the notes. So that's what I do. That's pretty just, amazing. When do you piece it all together? I find trouble when I try to piece it all together because I use different notes. I use receipts and stuff like that. And then when I have to put it all together, it's like putting together pieces of a puzzle. Right. So I have like a electronic, a digital uh, writing pad. So that kind of helps me keep track of where I am in a story and everything and then I can even bring up that digital pad on my phone so if the digital pad is like I left it in the car or I left it in another room and I'm just too lazy or something I can like literally bring it up on my I can bring the original document up what I'm working on and say uh this part is on the digital writer (laughs) and then continue on in the story instead of waiting for me to put it up there so that's how I keep track of it so a lot of times when I have my beta readers who'll go into the document they'll be like there's a huge chunk missing (laughs) they're like wait she jumped from over here and now she's out in Paris when did she get on the plane? I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta insert the uh, PDF so you guys can, because I'll just forget it. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'm like, oops, okay, yeah, she's on a plane. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's how I've been able to keep track of it because yeah, I used to do it the notepad and things. It'd be in 20 different locations, but ever since I got like the electronic writer, um, it's a remarkable tablet. That's what it mm-hmm. is. So ever since I got the Remarkable tablet, that kind of helps me keep on track. And then I can pop it right into my Google Docs. And then I'll have the link in there. And yeah, sometimes the readers will click, my beta readers will click in there. So then they could keep up with the story. <laughs> okay. Wow. So that's how, yeah, that's how I kind of, yeah, make sure I keep up with everything. Because yeah, I used to have it on little pieces of paper or... I'd have 20 different notebooks with one story because whatever was nearby, that's what I started writing. So yeah, I understand your struggle. Yeah, and I use my iPad too. So I combine both, you know, the paper notes with the digital notes and it's driving me nuts. Yeah, that's what I just basically did it that way. So I'll have like the, yeah, I'll have the link to the PDF Mm-hmm. Of that I was writing on. Mm-hmm. So then if I have somebody coming behind me, they're like, oh, okay, just click on this. Click and on then they'll, yeah. yeah, they have to do all the work to get to it. Right, <laughs> right. That's why they're beta readers, right? Right. So they 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 don't mind because they want to read the story, you know, before everybody else. So oh, it's kind of like they're, I think yeah, they're really special. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah, it's, it's fun. Sometimes they, you know, threaten me because I'm not writing fast enough because oh. I'll think I yeah I spent like so much time writing and then they'll come back and say okay where's the rest and I'm like I just spent all night writing that and you just read it in like two seconds <laughs> so yeah okay. cool. now to your genre it's mainly romance why did you right. pick this specific genre 
Well, I was 12 years old and I was already kind of a writer then. I was just writing, uh, I was kind of just wa- a wandering writer. If I, I wrote whatever I felt. So I didn't really understand genres at the time. I didn't understand like you're supposed to be in a specific category. Mm-hmm. Um, I happened to be in a library and I turned around and I saw I don't know if you remember the Fabio covers. Remember Fabio used to be on all the romance covers. Okay. I turned around and I was 12 years old and I saw this Fabio cover and he was uh, he was he was fully naked. I mean, and he had like a body like a god. And the woman was like against him, you know, her face was like against his stomach and she was covering all the nice parts. <laughs> with her dress but this cover just took my breath away I was like oh I got I didn't I needed to read this story like I wanted to know (laughs) what could have made so much life come out of this cover so I I went to the library and I was like I want to check out this book and of course she knew I was only 12 and she's like you can't check out this book and I was like what so I did what any you know Detroit kid would do and I stole the book <laughs> I didn't do what you got to do <laughs> So I stole the book I spent all weekend reading this book and when I finished it after the second time, I knew like I wanted to do the same thing to readers. I wanted a heart stopping, page turning romance, you know, that just, it was just fun. It was so much fun reading. Like you didn't know whether it was coming or going literally, (laughs) you didn't know. You didn't know like, oh my God, are we going to be together by the end of the book? Or is fate just going to tear them apart? And it was just so awesome, the dynamics of it. And I said, I want to do that. I'm 12 years old. And I'm like, I want to write romance. I had no idea what love was. I didn't know. I didn't understand the whole, you know, what, what men do, what women do. I'm just... I said, I just want to write stories like that. So that's why I chose romance because I said, I always wanted to have that rush of feeling that, that balance of, are they going to get together? Are they not? And then creating a beautiful happily ever after with two people who you felt that shouldn't be together, but was actually perfect for each other. So that's why I got into romance. That's how you got your romance. What inspires you? Is it always love, relationships, uh, or the lack of love? I think it's the more less the the latter. It's the lack of love in the world and how people really don't understand true agape love, true unconditional love. Um, we're so into the the sex love or the the physical love and everything like that, but not the heart love, and and that comes from a deeper place, and bringing that to life in in people who have thoughts and who are doubtful about their own dreams and goals, um, and understanding other people and connecting our 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 spirits together. So. I, I, I want to bring that. I think it's a billion ways to tell a, a love story. And I think I, I'm just like less than a 
0.5% (laughs) close to that, to that uh, attainable goal of showing those different love stories to people that love can exist in, in realms that we have not even explored. And you've also written um, series, right? A lot of series, your Detroit series and other series. So a lot of my books, well, really all of my books connect Mm -hmm. together in some kind of way, which is why it's called The Literary World of Sylvia Hubbard, because uh, the series actually consists of either a theme or a family. So, but you can read them actually out of order. It doesn't matter how you read them. What I've done is that like, I may need a cop from book one and I'll add it to book seven. So you'll be reading and be like, oh my God, this is the cop from that book that I read. And he's now in this book. And then the next book may be a book just about that cop falling in love. So then they all like somehow connect together, but they're all different stories. It's just like kind of like a family reunion. You know, you get there and you're like, oh, that cousin does that. That cousin does that. You know what the cousins do, but you guys don't all have lives together, you know? So it's kind of like its own little world of mine on top of the real world (laughs) that all kind of connects. So it's kind of fun. Um, so like there's the Hart series, which is a family and their last names are Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the Stilling Innocent series, which is actually a theme. And it's a theme about uh, men being held down against their will, kind of. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the theme for that one. The Mistaken Identity series is actually, uh, they go into the polyamorous romance. So anytime you see Mistaken Identity, it will have a polyamorous love story. So that's how the readers know when they pick up those books, you're in trouble. <laughs> so so yeah, like a lot of the books have like, they, they have different themes or different families. And the majority of them are all standalone pretty much you can start wherever you are and then just go from there so wow so it's kind of like a variety yeah you get a variety of different love stories (laughs) yeah mix it yeah you can basically mismatch like you don't have to start (laughs) off and say oh i have to go in this numerical order It, it really doesn't have any contents like that it just you just start reading start falling in love and go from there okay and now to your work in Motown Writers Network. What is okay. the main purpose of this network? You're the founder of it. Tell us yes. all about this networking. So the original purpose for Motown was to uh, educate writers, especially in Metro Detroit, and then we moved out into more of Michigan, uh, about just producing a book. Mm-hmm. You know, from writing, publishing, and marketing. I started it back in 2000 when uh, a lot of the, it was a lot of predatory publishers and a lot of writing organizations had moved out of Metro Detroit. So it wasn't a lot of education going on. It wasn't a lot of workshops. Nobody was, you know, people were spending unnecessary amounts of money to publish a book and no. then not knowing what to do with it, like literally. So I created that organization as a way, well, really, I'm going to be honest. 
So I would go to authors who were well known and everything. And I'd be like, hey, how did you do this? And they'd be like, well, first, you got to buy my book, go to my workshop, attend my conference, buy this course, blah, blah, blah. You know, literally, you want a thousand dollars just to let me know, how did you get your books on on up in Walmart? So I created a fake website (laughs) called Motown Writers. And I say, hey, can I do an interview with you about your books and your literary life? And they would say, yeah, sure. So then I would do the do their interview, put it on the website and then, you know, feature them. And they would tell me they would answer all my questions. I didn't have to go buy a book. I didn't have to go attend a workshop. (laughs) I didn't have to do anything. So I was at a conference like three years later no it was like two years later two years later I'm at a conference and at this conference they had where you would put your organization you're a part of your name and your organization Uh so I saw a couple of people walking around with Motown writers on their badges and I was like oh my god did I steal somebody's name I didn't, I was like, so worried. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to change the name of my website. So I walked up to this girl who had it on there and I was like, can you tell me more about this organization? She was like, oh my God, it's so fantastic. It has every week, it comes out with these interviews and articles. And I was just so impressed with it. It's taught me so much. And I was like, really? Like, you know anything about it? Like, how do I find out about it? She says, oh, you just go to this site, MotownWriters.com and you just join. That's it. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. That's that's my site. And she was like, oh my God, you're Sylvia Hubbard. She was like, oh my God, I love you. And then she started calling all these other people over and it's like, this is Sylvia. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) I have forgot I put a subscription box. So all these people were joining because I was like, to to join, subscribe. That's all I said. And people just thought this was a real organization and blah, blah, blah. I didn't know it was funneling into all these forums and people had been asking me questions. I had never gone in really into the dashboard or anything. I just popped the features, popped the articles up there, you know, and just keep a steady stream. But it was more for me than anybody I was like selfishly doing this so but I didn't know people had joined this like 75 people had joined this subscription thing and then boom I was an organization that's how I became <laughs> organization to your favor that is excellent it worked yeah. out well I mean for both sides for the readers as well right organization the other right. authors, they all benefited. You did and they did. That is right. the way it should be. <laughs> so then we started uh, meeting offline by 2004 at the libraries. We still meet to this day every second Saturday at 10 o'clock. And um, then we started doing writer conferences offline and reader mm-hmm. conferences and things like that. So it just started growing on its own, like its own little monster that you know awesome. I cuddle all the time. So it's one of my passions. It's a labor of love that you mm-hmm. know I, I'm glad I was a little selfish. <laughs> 
in, in that I'm regard, if somebody, you were. If it, yeah. yeah, if someone ever told me, if somebody ever came and asked me, like, do you think it was bad to lie about it? I would say no in this regard. I, you know, I'm, I was wrong, but in this regard, it was helping other people. people. So. so it wasn't, no, it wasn't wrong. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell God that when I'm trying to get in heaven, I'm like, Emma said, <laughs> Emma said it wasn't wrong. So you got to let me in. All right, let's talk about your MC major character protagonist in your book, in Gabrielle. Okay. okay. The Trouble with Gabrielle. Tell us about Gabrielle, and then we'll get to the reading. So Gabrielle has basically uh, just trying to make it, make it by in life. Um, and she's found that people have liked to use her um, and she's just like kind of sick and tired and she decides, okay, I'm not going to let anybody use me. But then she meets this mysterious man and she's kind of attracted to him. And she does like a one night stand with him. Bam, bam, bam. She ends up pregnant and, you know, she's, she's trying to pay off bills. She's kind of, she kind of got things together, but this pregnancy is so all of a sudden she just needs a little money. Mm -hmm. And she decides to track him down and ask him for the money. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out he was a very wealthy man, but he was murdered. Oh. And now she needs to go to his family and say, hey, I'm carrying his heir. But she's not greedy. She just wants enough to just, okay, I just need enough to live, you know, get over this hump. Once I have the baby, you know, I can go back to working and taking care of my life. You know, just that's all I'm asking for. She had a firm amount. The family welcomes her, you know, welcomes her in. But of course, she's, it's all suspicious. Everything is, is really suspicious behind everything because it feels like everybody needs her gone. They, okay. they didn't they didn't want her there um they didn't expect the air they really wanted the money um mm -hmm. and it and it feels like it would be better off if she just disappeared okay disappears all right why don't you read to us a bit we might be soon running out of time so three <laughs> okay. minutes, like a three-minute segment Okay, so I'll be reading the part. It's, I believe this is chapter three, where she's actually uh, coming up to the uh, house to ask the family, you know, to just let them know. And at this point, she doesn't know uh, Oliver's passed away. So she's kind of, she's just coming to see Oliver. That's it. I just want to talk to Oliver. Okay. So putting the car in drive, Gabrielle pulled up to the box and pressed the green button. I'm here to see Oliver. Farnsworth, she faltered because she had never said his full name out loud. Who is this? A woman's voice sharply demanded. My name is Gabrielle Payne. What do you want? Gabrielle almost said something sarcastic. Taking a deep breath, she said, I'm looking for Oliver Farnsworth. I need to tell him something very important. There was a long silence on the other line. The moment was so long, Gabrielle was about to push the green button again. You can come around the back to the service entrance, the woman came back. 
She glared at the box in pure frustration. Look, lady, I need to speak with Oliver. Is he here or not? There was another long pause before a man came after and said sharply, Oliver's not here, so get your trifling butt off the property. She didn't care about respecting Oliver's family at this point, but she needed to get to Oliver. I've been trying to reach him for two weeks, and it's important I speak with him concerning a dire situation. What is your name? The man asked as if she hadn't said it before. Gabrielle Payne, she enunciated loudly. There was yet another moment of silence, laying her head vexing on the steering wheel. She was about to give up and drive away until the initial woman's voice came on the speaker. What is your phone number? This was a strange question, but she slowly rattled off her phone number. After another minute, the gates opened. Gabrielle hesitated because why was her phone number significant after everything they had just put her through? Driving up to the front of the house, she got out of the car and looked at the large two-story 21st century palatial home. The front doors were about 50 feet from the driveway and Gabrielle hiked herself up there as the red front door opened. A woman dressed in a in black came out. Gabrielle walked closer, noting the Arabic odor features were prominent along with the disdain on her face. The woman couldn't be more than five foot one, whereas Gabrielle felt she towered above the woman at five foot five. Her dark hair, dark eyes, and small features placed her at least over 60 as she looked over circled rim glasses like she couldn't believe Gabrielle's audacity of coming in the vicinity of the property. How can I help you, Gabrielle Payne? The older woman said, asked stiffly. It was November. The crisp Michigan Huron Lake air whipped about them briskly. Gabrielle was dressed for outside, but this woman wasn't. Yet Gabrielle knew this woman would die before she allowed a black woman to come through the front doors as a welcome guest. I told you how you can help me. I need to speak to Oliver. So if you could call him and just let him know I'm here, I don't mind waiting in my car. The woman looked past Gabrielle at the vehicle parked in front of the home and her face grew even more contentious. And you were told Oliver is not here. Gabrielle cut her, cut her off. I've been trying to locate him for the past two weeks unsuccessfully and I'm just trying to get a message to him. You can tell me the message, the woman insisted. I won't, Gabrielle sneered through gritted teeth. Just get Oliver on the phone and tell him I'm here, please. Not wanting to be another minute in front of this small Arabic general, Gabrielle walked off the porch and went to sit in her vehicle. Thank you. If you could announce the details of your book giveaway. Okay, so the detailed giveaways of my, uh, of, of the giveaway is that you get a autograph copy and a VIP readers package that I give away to all my great readers a signed copy of the book. Um, all you have to do is just email me and in the subject line, put podcast giveaway. And the first one, first come, first serve, you are the winner along and with your address. And your email address? What is and your Sylvia? email address. Uh -huh. What is your oh, email, email address? is sylviahubbard at gmail.com. Perfect. And before we do our parting shots, I would like to thank our main sponsor, Doc Chavant and Digital Quill Services for Writers. And you go first, Sylvia. You're my guest, your parting shots. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Final thoughts. 
Final thoughts. Final thoughts is I appreciate each and every reader out there in the world. I thank you for your support for all authors out there, everything that you do, including the reviews, how you, you know, talk about our books and everything. You are so appreciated. And I can't wait to meet you all. And my parting shots are buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sylvia. Hope to see you in person. I hope so too.